Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Junie, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA, Apple, Visa, and Twitter. Thanks. All right. Um, lots of stuff happening uh, with the quarantine stuff. Um, as far as the weekly plays go, earnings season is still very, very dry. I think there's an earnings call for Chewy, the uh, pet service, uh, the pets.com of our generation. Uh, <laughs> no, that's kind of mean. Um, and that's just that's just a comparison. I'm, I, I have no idea about their company, but that seems to be the most exciting earnings play that Wall Street Bets has their eyes on. So I'll probably just be watching from afar with a popcorn gang. Um, but other than that, no exciting earnings to report on. Other things that uh, have happened since the last episode, unemployment numbers were announced. Um, you know, the market didn't seem to care all that much. Maybe it was priced in. Um, but, you know, just goes to show binary events like those are always 50-50. No matter what happens, uh, if you are correct, you will justify it in any excuse you can or that you had. Uh, if it if it goes the opposite direction, you will also find another excuse of why that happened. Uh, you know, humans are very we're very weird, um, in that we need justification or purpose for everything. Um, you know, there's that saying is like, or not saying, but the idea of like, what's your purpose on this earth and all this stuff. We're we're, we're nuts. We're we're li- we're literally the like most cognitive things on this. Well, maybe not. I don't know. See, it's cool that we can even have that depth of knowledge. That I'm having that epiphany right now. Maybe we aren't the most cognitive people on this planet or uh, things on this planet, right? Like we're just capable of having those thoughts. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you can obviously tell that quarantine is getting to me <laughs> if I'm spazzing out on this episode. Sorry about that. Um, so anyway, uh, more unemployment number stuff happens on April 3rd, uh, 8.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. We get another uh, batch of just info about unemployment. So that's going to be a, um, a pretty big event for people that have options. Uh, maybe, you know, if you have calls or puts in any direction that expire close to April 3rd, uh, you want to just keep tabs on those. Uh, otherwise, uh, if you have long puts or long calls dated out further, you're probably not going to be hit as much um, depending on you know how the market swings. Um, to cap off the weekly plays, uh, I've been getting a lot of DMs and a lot of emails as of recent just thanking me for what I've done. And this is just my moment to thank you guys and girls back right now for just continuing to listen, continuing to share your thoughts and trades on the website and especially the patrons that are continuing to support even in this economic downturn um i think it's just really awesome and i'm really grateful like i am the type of person to execute um i'm like the type of dude that will just like think of something and then do it Uh, i've had several projects before theta gang where i would start on it and then i get bored of it and then move on to the next thing theta gang just so happened to thankfully be the one that finally stuck and now um you know i have a lot of people looking at my trades which is really cool because that keeps me kind of in check right i'm not yellowing on calls or puts right now because there are literally thousands of people looking at my trades uh as per google analytics so that's pretty dope 
Um, besides that, uh, you know, working on something that a lot of people have found a community in is really cool. Fostering a place that, you know, guys, girls, straights, gays, like everybody just has a, like just a feeling of welcomeness and openness. I think that's super cool. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't for you guys and girls, this would absolutely not be a thing. I would have quit this a long time ago. I'd probably be learning machine learning right now or making some video game in Unity or <laughs> something like that. But I'm, again, one last time, ultra grateful. Thank you. All right, um, moving on to the new website updates. Um, there were two notable changes that I've included since the last time we've spoken. Um, one being that your streak is now publicly viewable from the front page. So like, you know, when you add your trades, um, your streak will now be uh, visible. If you have a streak greater than 10, it will just be a little icon next to your username along with your flare if you have one. Um, yeah, I think the streak was, is like one of the coolest features I've implemented. It's always just been in the back of my head, but now that I've finally implemented it, I see more users actually logging in every day. So that's really, really cool seeing like direct data driven features where like, you know, I hope that, you know, people that are already using the site use it a little bit more and I implement streaks and see it working. This is all super cool and I'm, I'm learning a lot uh, just with lots of UX stuff, working with uh, my UX designer, which I have news update on uh, after this, but lots of cool learning opportunities from this project of mine, which is a little bit more of a pro than a project right now. Um, but yeah, just grateful for that too. The next um, notable change is the average amount of days your trades are open. So this is not to get confused with um, like your average trade length of like, uh, you know, if you open up a weekly, your average trade length isn't suddenly seven days. It's how long your trade is open. So I want this to incentivize people to say like, you know, open a trade and then have it open for a few days uh, and then close it when they close it. Um, because I want to decentivize people uploading their winners that they forgot to upload a long time ago right like no one cares about a winner that you upload just out of the blue like i think that's one of the wackest things about fintwit you guys and girls know my opinion about that a lot um so i want to start incentivizing people to open their trades and then you know have it be open for however long and then close it and then be rewarded for it because i mean let's take for example if you saw someone on thetagang.com and they primarily buy options, which is statistically not as you know um, repeatedly successful as selling options, just because they have a lower probability of profit. If someone maybe has like 80, 90% win rate, and you know their average trade length is zero, then you know something's up. Maybe they are cons consistently opening trades and closing them right away because they're they forgot to you know log a trade before and now they're finally uploading their winner right we don't know if they're selectively just uploading their winners or maybe they throw in some losers just because you know they already uploaded a lot of winners 
I just want to make this as transparent as possible and so that people that openly uh, open trades and then let them open and then close them when they truly close it to be rewarded, right? Like I have over 200 trades now, I think, uh, or I'm really close to 200. I'm one or the other. Uh, and I have a win percentage of, I think, like 74%, which is pretty in line with my normal POP that I take or probability of profit that I take. Um, but my average trade length is like seven, nine days. So however long I keep my trades or however long of the expiration I buy or sell, um, I ended up on average closing in about like a full week and a half. So that seems reasonable. That seems in line with what I'm currently doing. Um, I promise that over an average or over a number of trades, when you reach up to 200 or, so, or something like that, up to like what I'm putting into the website, then your numbers will average too. Like don't worry if you log in and all of a sudden you see zero day average. Maybe you are that day trader or maybe you are just uploading your winners right now. I just want you to take a moment to reflect that, hey, you know, this isn't about winning. This is just about learning with each other and having a, uh, like a really cool community that, um, you know, puts emphasis on just being transparent. Like, n I promise if someone bags on you for losing a trade, they're banned. Like, I don't need that type of negativity in my life. Neither do you and neither should you be spreading that negativity. I think incentivizing, uh, you know, opening trades and then closing them when they actually get closed is just one step closer to talking the talk. A lot of people, um, or sorry, walking the walk. I think a lot of people talk the talk on Twitter. Like, you know, a lot of bears are coming out saying, oh, I saw this coming from a mile away. Yeah, this recession was going to happen, bro. I believe in the yield curve from day one, bro. That's the, this, everyone should have seen this coming, bro. Why am I so smart, bro? I made like 3K on my puts, bro. I'm going to just retire off of this. Man, F everybody else. Uh, I'm so smart, you're dumb, haha, <laughs> why are you buying stocks right now? Uh, why are you consistently doubling down right now? Why are you, uh, why haven't you pulled out all your money? You're so stupid, oh, blah, 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 blah. Don't listen to those people. Don't listen to those people. Like anybody that has that hard of an opinion, when they're correct one time, don't win that often, okay? that You guys have heard me express this opinion many times over and uh yeah it's like people that gloat about winning don't win often think about that okay uh so tangent aside uh yeah you will now start seeing the average amount of time you leave a contract open on your profile it's just publicly available to everybody else um, and just a friendly, very, very friendly reminder, I really don't care if you only upload your winners. I might think it's a little whack, uh, but I won't like personally hold it against you. Like use thetagang.com however you want. You want it to be like a trophy wall of your best trades, like I, that's cool. Um, but if you want to maybe use it as a learning platform, this is everyone's uh, you know, chance to just you know, openly put their trades out there, like learn what's working for you. Maybe other people have the same opinion and can share their advice too. Um, you will get uh, <laughs> the you will get as much out of Theta Gang as much as you put in. You just need to be honest and just need to really own up to the fact that like 
a lot of people don't actually make money from the stock market. A lot of people uh, have catastrophic losses, but have the strongest opinions on Twitter. You really don't know um, these days. And just, I wanted to put this platform out there so we can all enjoy it in a positive environment. All right, and to top off the new datagang.com website updates, I'm getting the new website updates uh, from my UX designer, Alex. Um, and it's been a long time coming. We've been collaborating on this for about a month, um, and it's finally time for me to start implementing the changes. You guys and girls are going to love it. There's no way you guys and girls don't like this. Um, it, the site will just look a lot cleaner, look more professional. Um, you know, some of that homey feel will go away uh, just because, you know, when you go on thetygang.com right now, uh, you have no idea. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 there's some parts of the website that need a little bit of touch up, right? So uh, this will bring a lot of the UX designs together of a lot of the stuff that uh, people have been complaining about, like not knowing how to add a trade and all that good stuff. It will address all of that. Um, and to, um, you know, just as a thank you, I've given um, Alex, the UX designer, a moment of your time. And uh, here's what he has to say to you guys and girls. One sec. Hey guys, my name is Alex. I'm the UX designer that Junie has been talking about. Um, I've been working on this project for the last couple of weeks now. And um, for this first redesign that we're working on, I didn't want to change too much of the uh, existing site, but I wanted to kind of clean up the information that he had and present it a little more cleanly um, by, you know, creating a little, uh, by creating a little structure to how the information was organized. And I think you guys will really enjoy um, the overall cleaner look and presentation of it all. Uh, one of the things that I noticed when I first was using the page was uh, it required a bit of uh, clicking around in order to get an idea of all the information there. And I wanted to kind of remove that so people could see more right off the bat and not have it take up a whole huge amount of space, but still be presentable and look good. And I think we've landed on a design that has accomplished that. So I'm really excited to see what you guys think thank you oh yeah so just really quick thank you again to alex for um working so hard uh, and making sure that you know uh, he was just really understanding of the current ux and not to change too many things but clean things up a bunch uh, according to my very specific specs like as you guys and girls might notice from my podcast and the how i talk um, or how i present myself i'm pretty picky um, I think all the decisions that I do are very purposeful and, uh, you know, Alex has been really, really understanding of all my requests for UX and he's had lots of requests of his own, which I hope shine through, uh, when you guys and girls finally do see it and we'll more than likely have an entire episode dedicated to the new UX changes of the website, just because I think it's a cool way for you guys and girls to get an insight onto like how, a web developer and a UX or user experience uh, designer um, collaborate and bring you guys uh, dope-looking websites like Twitter and Patreon and Trello and all all of these really cool websites that have really cool um, designs and you know workflows or like you know just designs in general. Um, they take quite a bit of 
you know, collaboration to, you know, just make it become a real thing. Like when you take a Photoshop doc of a picture of a website and then this, uh, the web developer has to make it, you know, work, <laughs> it's, it's actually a whole venture. So I'm excited for the episode. Thank you, Alex, again. I'll stop my ramble and we'll continue to the next section, today's topic. Okay, um, so today's episode was going to be a patron-voted topic. I was, you know, thinking of creating a few options that my patrons would vote on. Uh, I decided to switch it up a little bit and have uh, my patrons just, you know, suggest a topic and then I'd pick one. Um, I think I've found a really cool way of mixing all of the or at least most of the votes together. And so I'm going to be titling, titling this uh, episode as advice. Uh, so to kick off this section of the podcast, um, I want to just quote Mr. Kanye himself. I don't take advice from people less successful than me. Um, you know, as you journey on your, you know, options journey, stock journey, finance journey, you're going to come across a lot of different opinions on the internet. And I want you to heed the advice of Mr. Kanye himself and from me because I identify with this uh, lyric more often than not. And again, it's, I don't take advice from people less successful than me. Like, why do that? Why go on a discussion thread uh, and then put your financial you know fate on someone either confirming your bias you know maybe you already had like a put position and you're just on there looking for someone other people that have bearish opinions but why trust someone on the internet to help you make your decisions that can ultimately affect your life like i get it you're young and you can file for chapter 7 bankruptcy and it'll be wiped away in like the 10 years or whatever. But he, okay, let, me, let me tell you this. If you, if you are not attractive and look, yourself, <laughs> look at yourself hard in the mirror, because I promise you and I are not that attractive. As much as I like to spread that positivity, there's a good chance that you and I are not a 8, 9, or 10 on the scale, okay? But imagine... You, you know, maybe you're cool with being single, you know, you're just living your life, you're living your own life, whatever. But, you know, time gets, time, time goes by and you finally want to settle down and get a girlfriend or get a boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be really hard talking about, uh, you know, your crippling student debt. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy because I didn't exercise my risk tolerance correctly, right? Oh, why, why do you have to, to file Chapter 7 bankruptcy? And then you're going to say, YOLO. Like, you, bruh, you ain't, oh my goodness. Like, I'm getting, oh my God. Like, there's no way you want to ever do that to yourself. Don't ever put yourself in that mindset of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, get or, uh, you know, get rich or die trying. That's not what you do. Personally, and this is coming from me, when I first got 
a five digit bank account. Like when I first hit that 10 grand, you know, after college and I saved up and I've been like in the stock market for a little bit, I felt invincible and I felt so good depositing into my stock portfolio like every week or like every bi-week for like just from my paycheck. I was growing my account. You can absolutely get like super, super settled or like in a good spot that doesn't require you to go all in and panic at every single, you know, tick of the futures every night because, you know, there's a good chance that a lot of you are buying puts and then, you know, every single minute after the bell, you're refreshing investing.com SP500 futures, hoping for a red open the next day. Like, you don't need to do those type of trades. And, you know, circling back to advice, you probably don't want to be taking advice from someone that is just inherently bullish or inherently bearish, right? Like if someone ever tells you that they went all in on any position, like I promise that's not the investor or trader that you want to take advice from because obviously they don't have their emotions in check. Why would you ever, and I mean ever, go all in on a position when you are already set, right? Like if you're a good trader, you never have to go all in because you're past making money. Like you, making money is not your goal. It's more just either maintaining your portfolio, maybe you're hedging correctly, but you're growing it at a steady pace where if the plays are not opportune for you, you will not do it, right? You're totally, if you're a good trader, you're done with the mindset of getting rich, okay? Because that type of mindset will overtake you and it will destroy you when you get desperate. If you say, go half all in on some puts, you know, because of this coronavirus, uh, and then, you know, you start maybe losing because of this bear market rally that came out of nowhere. Maybe Trump tweeted something and then you start blaming Trump like, oh, Trump is so stupid, blah, 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 blah. Why would you do this? He needs to stay out of the market, blah, 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 blah. And so you start blaming external factors for the fact that you went half all in on something. And then you're like, you know what? Everybody on Twitter is dumb. You know, I'm correct on this. I'm going to put the other half in. F everybody. But you know what? Those type of people don't say when they go fully all in. I promise. That type of like full all in requires so much like emotional like baggage just to hold that you will never publicly let that out loud. So people that like, you know, that just quietly die off on Twitter like they just got blown up. They don't announce it. They don't do any of that stuff because that's not the cool thing to do, right? You'd rather just like die off and not be called wrong or any of that stuff. So just a breathe. Let me breathe. Let me breathe. So going back to, you know, listening to the right type of advice, you want to be listening to advice from people that are inherently neutral. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm fairly neutral. Um, you know, Again, someone says, like, go all in on puts because of this coronavirus and, you know, the market's for sure going to go down next week. Like, in the moment, that actually might sound like a good idea if it's, like, 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, you're red-eyed, just, like, scrolling the discussion thread sorted by new. Like, I see, I, I understand you guys and girls. I understand. I understand. In the moment, it sounds like a good idea. But I promise, once you start building your portfolio, you're going to want to protect it. Maybe then you actually start using options for what they really are to protect your like your long uh, stock. Then 
that type of mentality of getting rich the next day goes away. You start thinking about your future. You start thinking about, you know, what mortgage rate you want on your house. You know, you max out your IRAs. You max out all that grown-up, boring stuff. That's what gets you in the correct mindset. I'll have an episode about the boring stuff someday um, when, you know, Theta Gang branches out to more of, like, stocks in general. Um, but as, as long as we're just talking about options, then... Yeah, I mean, this advice still holds true. Don't you don't want to listen to anyone that ever goes all in on anything? Like it's very dangerous, and you can just tell that their mind is not in a good place. So, with all that said, um, my patrons, of course, uh, voted on today's topic, or they just like suggested a topic. I switched it up a little bit, and I thought, you know, if this episode is about advice, um, that I just like quickly uh, go through all the. Uh, votes and just like say my initial opinion on any of them and if you guys or girls listening right now want to know more about any of these like feel free to email me i'll know which one to prioritize otherwise uh i will absolutely come back to all of these with a dedicated episode um but so here we go uh mr matt wright um you know wanted to talk about trend indicators today um, as you guys and girls know, I'm not a very big fan of technical analysis because I believe it uh, causes you to have a false sense of security when going in on due diligence. I'd rather focus on fundamentals. Uh, you know, is this a good company to invest in? Do they have free cash flow? Does the company make money? Uh, are they a growth company? Do they care about subscriber numbers? Do they pay out a good dividend? All that stuff. Um, but if I were to pick a trend indicator um, to go on, it'd be the simple moving average. There, there's commonly the 10, 50, and 100, and maybe 200 uh, simple moving average. There's also the exponential one, the logarithmic one. But honestly, from the very get-go, maybe simple moving average is the best one to look at. It is a culmination of the number that the simple moving average is for. Like say, for example, the 10-day moving average, simple moving average is the last 10 days. Um, and then it'll show you a line under your um, your stock graph that you're currently looking at. And if the say the stock graph um, uh, that line is above the 10 SMA, the 10 day simple moving average, then it's a good thing, right? Like as long as your stock is trending above the moving average, you know it's in a general uptrend. Um, the thing that you will probably want to start looking up. Uh, when you do want to learn more about the simple moving average is, you know, it's called stacking. So when you plot the 10, 50, and 100 simple moving average all on the same graph um, that you're looking at, you want to make sure that the 100-day moving average uh, line is uh, below the 50 and the 50 is below the 10. Uh, that way you know that there's no inherent uh, downtrend uh, about to happen. Uh, but I'll let you guys and girls do your own due diligence on it. If you guys and girls want to like talk about it more later, then just send me an email. Um, Mr. Jack, uh, you know, wants to know uh, about the most profitable strategy. Um, I think it's pretty simple. It's buying stock and holding it. Um, that's the number one advice I will ever tell anybody. Buffett has it down to a core. He has it down to a plan. He's number one. Um, yeah, buying and holding stock is the most profitable strategy above everything else. However, it is the most boring strategy and humans just in general want to have more control over their fate, even if it's less optimal. For example, investing in the SP500 is a nearly always, and I mean nearly always, more profitable than investing into some sort of a hedge fund. 
or some uh, independent fund um, where they pick and sell uh, separate stocks or individual stocks on their own accord. Um, SP 500 has just outperformed them uh, on a general basis. So again, most profitable strategy, buy and hold stock. It's hard, especially times like these, but you just have to you know, go against the trend. If people are selling for cheap and you know, emphasis on cheap because we don't know when the bottom is, um, then you got to be willing to buy the bottom. Buy, be willing to buy on the way down. Be willing to take the hit now to be fruitful later. Uh, Mr. Solomon and Mr. Benjamin uh, have um, somewhat the same request, and it's like bull traps, bear traps, uh, slash false bottoms. Um, a bull trap is, you know, when a stock maybe goes past a, uh, a resistance just for a little bit, but then starts plummeting back down because there's not enough um, buy side demand uh, to keep the trend going past the resistance. Um, and so bulls are stuck at that top price. Um, and then the exact opposite is the bear trap where, you know, maybe someone's shorting a stock and it goes below a support, but then it rockets straight back up because it's triggered some, some you know, number of bulls trigger warning and they buy up uh, the short. And so mm-hmm. now you're stuck in a short position um, because of a bear trap, a.k.a. a false bottom. Or I guess a false bottom would be a bull trap um, because bulls would think that, oh, this is the bottom, so I'll buy right now. Um, But yeah, false bottoms, bull traps, bear traps. It's also really important to realize, oh my God, my voice is going out. It's important to realize um, that bull traps and bear traps and false bottoms um, are always past tense. You will never know if you are currently in a bull trap or bear trap. I'm going to tell you that right now. If someone on the discussion thread, if someone on theorygang.com, if someone on Twitter, on stock twits, they say, oh, this is a bull trap. This is a bull trap. This is a bear trap. Yeah, this is definitely a bull trap. This is definitely a bear trap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, I told you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know. I promise. Don't ever listen to advice coming from that. Like, how would they know it's a bull trap or a bear trap at that given moment? No one knows. It's only after time has gone by you could go back and look at the graph and say, yeah, that was probably a bull trap, or mm-hmm, that was a bear trap indeed, indubitably. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always going to be spoken in the past tense. Anyone that speaks about bull traps or bear traps in the present tense, um, that's not the type of person you want to listen to. Mr. Esos or Essos uh, wants to talk about intrinsic or extrinsic value. Um, I've had previous episodes about this specific topic, um, but maybe just a quick run through for anyone that's catching the podcast a little bit later. Um, intrinsic and extrinsic value uh, is the value placed on a specific contract or option. So again, stock options are these, you know, vessels of finance that represent, say, like a hundred shares of something. So one contract um, of Apple represents one hundred shares of Apple, and it makes it easier for people to trade hundred shares at a time based on these contracts. Like that's a very explain like I'm five example. Now there's two ways or two uh, ways you can uh, value a contract. It's with intrinsic or extrinsic value. Intrinsic value is the value that uh, you know without using big words or technical wording is like the the bare minimum that the contract is worth just inherently from the price of the contract itself. Meaning, um, you know, if Apple is currently trading at 100, the 95 call 
um, the 95 call contract is going to inherently be worth 500 bucks because the difference of 95 or 100 from 95 is 500. The contract represents 100 shares. Uh, so it's $500 that the contract has to at least be worth, right? Um, that one's kind of the, I'd say both of them are kind of hard to understand. Um, but the one that is easier to understand just from talking about it would be extrinsic value. It's hard to calculate intrinsic value as a person new to options. Um, there are several, you know, helpful way or sub- helpful um, websites that help you like visualize that maybe with a calculator. But extrinsic value, I could talk about more. Just it's a little bit more podcast friendly. Uh, extrinsic value is just everything else that has to do with a contract's worth. Um, you know, volatility is something that we always talk about in this podcast. You know, if times are volatile, like right now, contracts are worth more. Uh, just in general, because no one really knows where the price is going. Therefore, the contract value can shift more. So people that sell the contracts want to be paid out more for taking on that risk. Um, Say, for example, you know, maybe uh, Tesla is having their earnings call tomorrow. Uh, The contract for Tesla that expires this Friday would be incredibly expensive uh, just because um, we don't know what's going to be happening on that earnings call. So that uncertainty also makes that contract be more expensive. And that's extrinsic value. You can also see extrinsic value being, um, you know, the value of time. Time is really important. If you ever made a bet with some of your friends on like, um, you know, I bet you uh, one day Slack will acquire Microsoft Teams or Microsoft will acquire Slack. Um, You would want more time on that bet uh, than less time. Meaning if I were going to pay you 100 bucks if you were correct, you would rather have uh, this bet be as long as 10 years rather than say by next week, right? Like I don't think uh, Microsoft would acquire Slack by next week, but maybe in 10 years uh, that can happen, right? So because you know you can buy specific dates for contracts, contracts that have more time to be correct are inherently more expensive, more valuable. And that's where extrinsic value comes in. So that's, that's a volatility, time and all the in between all the stuff that isn't intrinsic or or aka like the bare minimum the contract has to be worth for it to make sense to the buyer or seller is extrinsic value i hope that made sense all right uh lastly on the list we got unabridged um wanting to know how to handle emotions with handling a big loss i talk about my losses uh a lot on my podcast, uh, I talk about my past, past losses from long ago. You guys and girls can tell I've had a few of those big eye-opening, uh, gut-wrenching losses because I can talk about it very, uh, very uh, Wall Street Betsy, right? Like 90 Moo calls, baby. <laughs> J-Nug calls. I, I've been there, done that. Um, you know, there, there's going to come a point in time where you take a big enough loss where you wake up and you stop trading for like three months, and then you come back, uh, and then you take another fat loss, and then you wait another like two weeks, and then you say, I'm going to reload one more time, and then you come back, and you take another big loss. What happened to me um, was uh, that, that helped me handle these losses better and better was to stop losing uh, like just more, that's a really confusing sentence. What helped me handle with big losses is to just mitigate them in the first place. Never go all in, always account for max loss. I say that over and over again. 
Um, but I feel like people don't take it seriously enough. If you assume that every single one of your trades go to zero, you need to have a plan um, for just that exact case. If you were to go to zero, you need to be okay with it going to actually go to zero. That's what it means to account for max loss. If you don't do that, you will panic and you'll get emotional and you'll do things that you never thought you would ever do. So make sure that when you're selling an option, you account for the max loss. When you buy an option, you account for the max loss. You spend $300 or maybe $1,300 for that put on SPY for like next month, then you know you gotta make sure that you're okay with SPY going back up or rallying for like the next month and that put goes to zero. You can't be mad at um, <laughs> extrinsic or external factors, right? Like you can't be mad at like Donald Trump tweeting something. You can't be mad at the Fed trying to save the economy. You can only be mad at yourself for any position that you take. Even if you lost on a bullish position that you went all in on, I consider that a bad trade. You guys know how bullish I can be at sometimes or how optimistic I can be at sometimes. But even on bullish trades, if I were to ever do, you know, like I wheeled in on la on last episode, I told you guys, I wheeled in on NVIDIA at 300, Apple at 300, Visa at 200. I bought near almost near all-time highs. I'm slowly breaking down the break-evens uh, to something a lot more palatable. It's taking a while, but I promise I will get there and I'll continue talking about it on the podcast. But if I had not accounted for max loss for going in, I would have probably panicked, right? I would have done something really stupid. I would have hedged you know, a good chunk of my portfolio and maybe puts that expire next week because this downtrend has to continue, right? And then all of a sudden... Uh, Trump tweets about you know the the new uh, hydrochloric uh, antidote thing. <laughs> I don't know that vaccine stuff, right? And the stock market shoots up. I can't be mad at that. Why would I be mad at that? That's life going on, uh, and me not you know hedging my or not hedging. That's not me trading correctly. Why would I ever put myself in a position where I'm exposed to that type of stuff? And then when that stuff happens, why would I get mad? Why would I be upset that the world is trying to get better than, you know, own up to my own loss? I don't get it. I don't understand why people get mad at external factors for any position that they're in. This isn't just a bear versus bull thing. Like, this isn't just a bear thing. This is a bull thing, too. You should really make sure that you account for big losses. You account for max loss. You assume every single trade that you do will go to zero, and you will have a way, way better time. I promise. All right. Um, and that's it. So I want to say thank you to all the patrons that participated in this one. Um, it is kind of scary. I get it. Like you're, you're, you're suggesting something and you don't want that thing that's suggested to be picked if not everyone else wants to listen to it. Yeah, I get it. I, get, I, I kind of get why it's scary. But thank you to everyone that's participated. Mr. Matt, uh, Jack, Benjamin, Solomon, Essos, and Unabridged. Thank you for participating. Um, that about wraps it up for the podcast. I'm going to end it here. Uh, I'm going to go on a tangent. I originally had it planned for earlier in this segment, but if you don't care uh, about my thoughts on the market right now, um, then just tune out. Like you, This is literally all opinion starting now. Like This is no fact, no advice coming on. I'm just going to rant because this quarantine has me feeling some type of way, and I'm getting triggered off of TikToks. So if you want to listen to that, stick around. Otherwise, I'm going to just be doing my normal outro about talking about my Patreon, about how the only the $80 tier and $100 tier is open, all that good stuff. Um, real quickly, though, use the Theta Game referral code for Tastyworks if you want to get signed up for the Twitter alerts and a free flare. Uh, yeah, 
Thank you guys and girls so much. I'll be shouting out the patrons at the end of my rant. Thank you so much again. Bye. Oh my gosh. So I've been getting a lot of DMs, most with compliments, um, but a lot of them having to do with what do I think about the $6 trillion stimulus? Uh, like they're like, Junie, what, how do you, what do you think of the stimulus? Uh, don't you agree that the government is messing everything up? Ha 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 ha. Um, this is just a extension of my opinion from last time, or if you're a member of the Discord, you know my thoughts exactly here, is that you need to realize that fiscal policy is super hard. I've mentioned this before. Imagine if your job was to make everybody in the world happy. Imagine that. Imagine if that was your literal job, and every time you tried to make someone's life better, it, like say if you were specifically picking like helping the latino population and you enact a rule of policy helping the latino population there's gonna be some latinos that don't like that policy because that's just not what they like right like all jokes aside fiscal policy is really hard i get you just make the printing machine go brr like i get that <laughs> i told myself i want to do that but i did it okay um i get it it's easy to just put the blame on the fed you guys know me you guys and girls know me uh i am a, a guy of action um i you know if i didn't like how the country was ran i would leave i would go to another country that i thought had a better government if i was that passionate about it if i was that passionate about it unfortunately i'm not i don't understand what the hype is about getting yourself upset and riled up uh when you know trump talks sure i don't think that you know a lot of things that trump does is bad or, or good for that matter but i don't suck my entire life and purpose on this earth to tweet bad about him uh in fact i would encourage anybody that doesn't like the government or the president to run for local office like understand how hard it is to make fiscal policy for people with just enacting one rule where maybe crosswalks uh, you know, instead of ending in 30 seconds, you want to end them in 20 seconds because you want to make traffic more optimal. But then you have seniors saying like, we need 30 seconds to cross. Like, it's, it's really, really hard to make everybody happy. If we could do it, I promise we would. And I'm saying we from just like mankind or just like, is like humans in general. Like, I think everyone can agree. If everyone could just be happy, we would make it happen in a flash. However, that's just not how everything works, and it sucks. But unless if you're willing to take action, then just, like, stop complaining. Like, it doesn't do anything. You, you're not helping anybody by complaining. Do something about it. Go on change.org. Start a petition. Do something else than complain. Talking about complain, I saw the most triggering thing I've seen on Twitter ever ever you could you could you know take jabs at me you can do whatever you want you can you know make fun of me you can say my trades are whack i don't care but what i what i do care is when you just inherently make fun of like the coolest thing about this country and let me let me just let me just package this in the most uh ideal way as possible so i don't get too many people triggered okay my triggering that happened this morning 
was I saw a TikTok of a girl um, taking water out of a beaker uh, and putting that water into an empty beaker. The first beaker that she sucked the water from with a syringe was labeled Mark Zuckerberg's like billion dollar net worth or whatever net worth he has, okay? And then she sucked a little bit into the syringe and then squirted a little bit out into the empty beaker. And the empty beaker said the $25 million donation to coronavirus fund, right? So right then and there, she is complaining about someone donating $25 million. That is the wackest thing I have just... It gets me so fired up, and I'm. This is not a guy versus girl thing. Like I promise, this is an individual basis. Maybe she doesn't know better, or maybe you know she wasn't brought up in like, like you know, you know, like a success-driven mindset, right? Like where she'd rather just complain about someone else donating something than um, you know donate herself. And let me get a little bit more into it. So for 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 the rest of this conversation, just because I'm already. I don't want to make it seem like a like a sexist thing. I'm just gonna say it, okay? I'm gonna refer her to it, uh, just to keep gender aside. So it is assuming that you know 25 mil is not enough, right? From that TikTok, <laughs> and I can't believe I'm on a streaming a podcast episode talking about someone doing a TikTok. Oh my goodness, what is this quarantine hit different, bro? <laughs> so it is saying that Mark Zuckerberg didn't donate enough to coronavirus. First off, let's just talk about that real quick. What is it donating? Is it donating 5% of its net worth, right? Like, is it donating uh, the $20 maybe uh, of its paycheck to a coronavirus fund? Probably not. You know, people that love to complain and post those videos those people don't actually, you know, help the cause in any way. They just like complaining and do it for the clout, right? So it's assuming that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't donate enough. Now, it also probably doesn't realize that Mark Zuckerberg is getting hit super hard from this corona stuff, right? Like everybody in the Facebook office is working remote. You know, productivity is probably going down. And, you know, there's less money coming in. This is the same for all companies, right? He is still donating $25 million to help other people. And this is the same thing for Jeff Bezos, right? Like, people complain, like, oh, he evades taxes. He only donates, like, $175 million. Bruh, Jeff Bezos brought you next day shipping, and you now take it for granted, Right. If something doesn't arrive at your door the next day, you complain. This man brought next day shipping and made it a standard across the globe. And you are complaining that he gets a tax break. Where is the incentive for me, Junie, to continue growing Theta Gang if I just in the back of head, in the back of my head, know that if I get Theta Gang really big and I start, you know, generating a good revenue? that I don't get to spend my money the way I want, right? I have to have trust in that the people that support me by that buy my products, that you know, uh, you know, participate in my service and all that stuff, they trust that I will spend the money the way that I want, but that's also good just for the company in general, right? Like, you, give me the money and the flexibility to do what I want 
with my success, trusting that like I am the one that's taking the risk. I'm putting in the work right now to really work hard and, you know, you know, take care of my users and, you know, make sure everyone's having a good time, spreading this positivity. I want to know that when I am one day successful, and I hope that I'm one day successful, that I can spend my money however I want, okay? Like, it should be okay for me to do that, I mean, as long as it's in good faith. You know, if I can employ a thousand people to work on this website, that'd be dope. But then, you know, you get some people saying like, oh, Theta Gang doesn't donate enough to the coronavirus. They only donated $1 million. Like, dude, that is so whack. That is so whack. So next time you guys and girls hear someone making fun of like a billionaire only contributing a few million dollars, like just take a moment to realize that even during hard times like this, they are clearly affected. Right, They have all the stress in the entire world to make sure that their workers uh, continue and are able to work in a healthy environment. That Clearly, money needs to be spent money there too, but they're also taking time to donate. And I, I know that there are people riled up in their seats saying right now, oh, Junie, they're just doing it for the taxes. They're just doing it for the taxes. I, everyone on this planet wants to avoid as many taxes as possible. If you are able to bring next day shipping to the entire world and employ people and, you know, help the cause of like, you know, global warming, like Bill, shout out to Bill Gates, like do whatever you want with your money because you are smarter than me. You are, what am I with my nine to five job doing Theta Gang as a side project going to tell you how to spend your money because you built this amazing cloud company that makes other companies more successful in the long run. Shout out to AWS and maybe Azure Services if, if you guys want to sponsor this. Uh, but really, really, that's, that's my wholehearted opinion. Like if someone donates X amount of money, they donated X amount of money. What have you donated? If you start donating $5 a month, maybe, then maybe you have a place to talk, but you don't. And this brings it all back together, right? These people that are the vocal minority on Twitter that constantly complain about things, the external things are out of their control, continue to let things be out of their control because they don't want to take the risk. They don't want to change the world. They're not doing what Elon Musk is doing. They're not doing what Bill Gates is doing. They're not doing what Jeff Bezos is doing. They're all the above are donating millions of dollars. What are you doing? What am I doing, right? They brought cloud computing. They made it better. They're sending space exploration. They're making it cool. What are you doing? What am I doing, right? So just next time you criticize a CEO or any of that stuff, realize that they have a lot of stuff on their shoulders. They have workers that they need to make sure to get paid. They have a business that they need to grow. They have all of these other things that you might not be considering, but that's it. That's that's my opinion. And that same thing goes with the Fed. Like earlier the action, the better. Hell, if you know the economy breaks down because of the six six trillion dollar stimulus, then we could just move out. We can move out the country, we could do whatever. But complaining about it does absolutely nothing. Let's just band together while we can. 
support the people that are just in charge if you believe in them if you don't hey what are you doing what am i doing i'm always gonna i'm always gonna do that i'm always gonna say that so that's just my opinion i hope uh this gives you guys and girls just a little bit more insight to how i think um i think it was kind of obvious of the stance of where i originally stood um but yeah i'm i'm very much just all about execution transparency let's just let's get it it's 2020 coronavirus just started but we're in it for the long haul and we'll be okay thanks Just a very quick shout out to my patrons. Let me bring you up here. And because it's after the intro, I'm just gonna let this thing keep recording. You guys are gonna hear my keyboard maybe. Um, but here we go. Uh, just a quick friendly thank you to uh, Pulse Studio, 404 Akishka, Salibra, DFS Barber, Lifesaver87, Raj, France, Mike D, Slow Motion, Nick Fires, Underbridge, Floyd Wang, Rico, The String Pooler, Option Noob, Edad, The Iron Man, Mitch Brady, Seven, Towels, Indigo Chile, Good Job, Wilson, DDSS, uh, Seriums, Option Options, Eric Kirkland, Jimmy, Matt W. It's, mm, it is absolutely nuts uh, how much Jimmy and Matt W do. I'll make sure to give you guys a proper shout out. I totally forgot. I had it even in the script too. Uh, these two guys are especially awesome. Um, yeah, I'll just save it for the next podcast. Jimmy, Matt W, um, Associate K, Abel, Ryzen, Tishihar, Monkit, Like Abbas, Angry Penguin, Andrew E.C. Kim, Smoke Pews, Anthony511, Moose Ninja, Rolex C, Deep Gift, Minimum, Mendo Dum Dum, Menno Dum Dum, Ground Pound 95, HP Larry, Leo Jetson, Van Trader, Elfinko, Mac, make more two, Silent Viking, Mark James It, Just Send It, Nathan DeSilva, Simon Says, Vicious Poultry, VDM10, oh my goodness, this list is so long, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Fox64, Cowbunga Dude, Sengyun, Aljas, Spicy Tendies, Def Mac, Jack Du, uh, Desensha, Saltwater Cure, Mr. Sun Goku, Kate, Lord Skeletor, Cheddar, Cappuccino, Berry Ski, Berry Seki, Berry Seki, uh, uh, all his minds and Matthew Hans. Thank you guys. All, thank you guys and girls so much for supporting. Um, it all means a lot. This episode is especially long, especially with my rant at the end. I hope you guys and girls get a little bit more insight into uh, how I think or where I stand. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to contribute and help with the podcast and website, you can sign up on TastyWorks with the referral code Theta Gang. You can also see that same referral code and link to the appropriate site. Uh, on thetagang.com you can sign up on patreon uh, right now the tiers available are only 80 and 100 dollars. all the earlier tiers are taken but since it is the end of the month uh, be sure to check the page often as people do choose not to um, renew their membership uh, near the end of the month so if anyone's waiting on a lower tier um, feel free to do so otherwise 80 and 100 is available I think that's it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. Uh, you can also email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. Oh, and that's it. That's it. This was a super long episode. Uh, my voice is shot. Um, 
uh, probably because I haven't been talking much since quarantine. Like, there's not really much of an excuse to talk. So, let it all out on this episode. Um, if by whatever reason this episode goes viral, I highly doubt it. Uh, I want to just quickly say I have nothing against the girl in the TikTok. Like I said before, it has nothing to do with gender. Um, I just have to completely put it out there and be transparent about it. It's just about the opinion of that person in the TikTok and not her. Ooh, thank you. Uh, you can tell that I just want the world to be happy and I'm losing my voice in the process. <laughs> Cheers, guys and girls. Peace.